This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. The lines are already starting to jam up with that question I asked you before the break. Ontario's doctors highly paid or misunderstood? Your comments welcome. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. And we will get to your calls here in just a moment. First of all, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Graham Slaughter. He's with Concerned Doctors of Ontario. Reacting to a comment yesterday by Ontario Health Health Minister Dr. Eric Hoskins, who quoted a Canadian Institute of Health Information study suggesting that Ontario doctors are the best paid in Canada. But the group concerned doctors of Ontario suggests that's not the whole story. Dr. Graham Slaughter, welcome. Tell us what is the whole story. Thank you, Ms. Brown, for the opportunity. Um, concerned Ontario doctors looked at the same Kai high data that uh, Minister Hoskins presented yesterday and feels that he picked on one very salient feature, that Ontario doctors are among the best paid in Canada. There was actually a a story in the Edmonton Sun yesterday that Alberta doctors had moved out in front. But what's interesting is that it's not the whole story. If you look at how much doctors are paid in Ontario for each of the services they provide, most doctors are fee-for-service. The actual unit cost for each of those services is the lowest for Ontario compared to any of the nine jurisdictions that participated in the survey. So if we're among the highest paid, it's because we're seeing the highest volume and trying to do the most for our patients to meet the needs they have. So it's true that we are well compensated, as the minister points out, but it's also because we're working very hard. So you're working more hours than doctors in Nova Scotia, say? I can't comment specifically on hours, but what they're looking at is the number of services which are provided. Uh, it might be true, but I can't confirm that. So so say you're working a 12-hour day, which is not uncommon for a, an Ontario GP. Uh, how many patients would you be seeing and how much would you be receiving from the Ontario government for each of those patients? I'm not a GP. I'm, a, I'm an internist at an academic practice at a hospital in Toronto, but colleagues of mine who are GPs would be seeing upwards of probably 40 patients a day. Mm -hmm. The standard unit for an intermediate assessment, which is the the most typical visit that you'd see, I think there were 18 million of them across the province last year, is $33.70. And that includes the time spent with the patient discussing the side effects of any medications that might be prescribed, reviewing test results, and looking at next next steps, plus also the documentation that goes into that. So I think that we are providing very good value for money. The discrepancy is the, the difference between the cost and the value that we represent. Physician services admittedly is the single highest line item in the healthcare budget in the province. And thus cost containment is something that the minister is mandated to do. But is that going to have a negative impact on the provision of care to patients is something that's yet to be determined. 
Now, does my does my my doctor, who I adore, I've been with her for 25 years, when I go there and and to get a prescription or to have a conversation with her, uh, she receives thirty three dollars and seventy five cents from the from the government for my visit. Does that money go to her pocket entirely or what comes out of that? How does that work? What will come out of that is all of the overhead services that are necessary to the provision of that clinic. So that would cover the office expenses, whether that's a nurse or a receptionist, whether that's all of the office supplies that are necessary, utilities, rent, which will be variable depending on your jurisdiction. Uh, it also includes taxes. Okay. So that, that money is gross. It does not represent net by any stretch of the imagination. I do want to but get again, to... again, I'm, I'm not a yeah. family physician, so I, I can comment about this stuff from an internist, but, but not for GP. And I do want to get to the callers here, and our time is limited with you. Mm-hmm. 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. The average payment per physician remained virtually unchanged, according to the CHIC study in 2014-2015, at 339000 now, how much of that three hundred thirty-nine thousand would would be this would be the salary for the actual physician? In terms of, of the gross versus net, it's going to depend highly on the discipline in which you practice. Certain ones are going to have much higher overheads, like radiology, but some are going to have much less of an overhead. Uh, the spread is anywhere from twenty up to seventy percent as overhead. Uh, the typical figure that I would say is most overhead is going to be between 30 and 40 percent. But again, that varies dramatically depending on the practice pattern that people use. Okay. Let's get to Paul in Woodstock. Uh, your comment here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Paul. Yes, Jane. I happen to think that when, when the government is, does these types of things to people like doctors, it's totally self-serving. We certainly don't see them willing to cut their wages or their expense accounts. And when you take into consideration all their overhead, I believe I make more than what they do when they take it home. I ran my own business. I was earning over $200,000 a year, but, the, but by the time I deducted everything, I was probably down around 65 to 70. So I do believe when the government starts to attack, and that's basically what they do, they, they attack our doctors. And I happen to have a lot of respect for most doctors. They have a lot of education. They have a lot of responsibility. And I think maybe the government should take a look someplace else. Maybe their own pockets, their own expense accounts, the money that they waste constantly, rather than picking on people who serve our community to the best of their ability. That's just basically how I feel about the whole thing. And, Paul, we appreciate your comments. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Sunny in Richmond Hill. What would you like to add to our conversation? Well, just, uh, you know, I have many doctor friends, and they are all good people. We can, we can say with no uncertainty that they serve the people, the doctors. Mm-hmm. But we have to be realistic. If I listen to Paul that just called you now, yes, right? So if he's saying that we can tell the doctors, because we know that they are a necessary service, that sky's the limit in your earnings? Or are we saying that there is a certain limit? Because we've had experiences where doctors were billing upwards of a million dollars a year and, 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 uh, in their practice. So we have to be realistic in what we are seeing. And, and experiencing. Are we continuously, in this case, Paul, is he going to continuously going to complain 
that we are not we have long waiting hours and things like that in order to make the, the, the point that we have to pay the doctors more. And you asked the doctor a very pertinent question because last week you had a doctor on who was a radiologist. And he made the same point that the overhead is part of their expense. I concede that. But uh, in a doctor's office, most of your expenses is baked in. It's constant, more or less. Electricity, water, the receptionist, uh, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. There's no equipment in a doctor's office that is constantly bought every day or every month or every year. So the consistency of, of the expenses is there. And it is for the doctor to plan these practice. If he feels he's not making sufficient money, then he has to find another place in order to make more money. Okay, let's, let's get our guest to weigh in on that. Go ahead, Dr. Slaughter. The challenge with that is that there is still inflation which occurs and your, your staff will want raises as is appropriate to go with the cost of living. But for the last three years, doctor's income has declined each of the, the three years. Uh, so there is a mismatch and a, and a relative deficit. I agree with you that the fixed costs for equipment are there. There are certain specialties, though, that have a lot of disposables where that is going to be an everyday cost. But that is something a specific practice plan would, would comment on. Uh, the problem with discussing the, the ministry's line items in terms of what's important to them is, again, a lot of those costs are fixed, and they have employees who have pensions and benefits. As a physician, I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no paid sick leave. I have no pension. I have no defined vacation time. When I don't work, I don't get paid. And I think that's something that has been missing in this dialogue is that these cuts affect a physician's abilities because they don't have the, the backups that a lot of people in the public sector do. It's, it's a significant change. Now, Doctor, the Canadian Institute for Health Information Survey says that total gross payments to physicians represents an increase of 3.7% over the previous year. So how can you say that doctors have been taking pay cuts over the last three years if, in fact, the payments have gone up almost 4%? Because that's looking at national data. Okay. If you look at the Ontario data, it's actually minus 0.5% in terms of the net pay. We went from $368,000 in 2013-14 to $363,000 in 2014-15. Yes, it's a lot of money, but it's the only jurisdiction in the country where you're actually seeing a net decrease. This is a cost containment policy by the province. We were asked to contribute our fair share to uh, the reduction in the deficit by accepting a 4.45% pay cut in 2015. We had no say. It was a unilateral action by the province because we were without a physician services agreement. Is Ontario an attractive place to practice medicine on the whole, on on the average? Because of the resources that are available, because of what you can do, I believe it is. Financially, it is different than it was, say, with the physician services agreements of 2004 and 2008, and that may be as a result of cycles in the economy. Um, I would suggest that anyone who is considering practice in Ontario make sure that they have all the information when they're making their decisions in terms of what the viability of their practice will be. It will probably be a good place to practice for a very long time, but there is a lot more that's at stake now.
What's interesting, and uh, we do still have time if you'd like to place a call and offer your comment about Ontario's doctors. Are they overpaid? Are they misunderstood? Are you in support of the government? Are you in support of doctors? Or do you, do you think a compromise can be reached? Because the most recent agreement was voted down. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. What the CIHC report also said, doctor, is that the number of physicians is on the rise across Canada. This is good news for our medical industry. Yes, it is because there is still a need. There are long wait lists for certain medical procedures. There's overcrowding in the emergency room. There are still 800,000 patients without a family physician in the province of Ontario. Increasing the supply of physicians is good. Uh, But the the challenge is meeting the needs of the patients uh, right now, especially as the patient ages, as its medical problem burden becomes more complex, and as the population rises with immigration and just, just natural birth rates. Jerry from Burlington, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Go ahead with your comment. Yes, my comment is, well, first of all, uh, it was uh, nice to hear from Sonny. I always disagree with him, so, uh, you know, I'm always glad to hear from him. Okay. Anyhow, my comment is I think the doctors deserve a lot more than they are getting. When you consider several things, first of all, their education. I don't know how long they have to study, but it's, uh, I don't know, five, seven years. And the other thing is they, they have the most important job in the world because they look after people's health. They have to be smart enough to determine what's wrong with the patient, uh, determine the right medication. They have so much responsibility, and I think that it's wrong to go after them. I think that they should be earning millions of dollars. I mean, the specialists, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I don't understand why we, uh, the government goes after them so much. Okay, thanks for your call. Dennis and Brampton, go ahead. You're on Fight Back. A couple of questions for your guest. Um, is, it, is it not true that the medical profession itself is, is deeply divided on this, on this issue? Okay, that's a good question. I will cut you off just because we have less than a minute right. here. Doctor, go ahead with your answer. The profession is deeply divided. There, there is something called relativity, which is what is the difference between what people in different specialties earn for various things. And the problem is that that hasn't been reconciled for a couple of decades. People wish to to maintain their own position and try to be fair to everybody, understanding that there are limited resources. Uh, A lengthy discussion between the OMA, the Ministry of Health, Concerned Ontario Doctors intends to provide as much information as we can to uh, the OMA to help bridge the divide that there is on this topic. Well, we look forward to having a conversation, uh, maybe about some good results next time. That would be terrific. Dr. Graham Slaughter, appreciate your time on this warm August day uh, and all the best to your organization and, of course, to the government in, in coming to terms on a new agreement. Thank you for your time. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.